Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in Health IT, 10 observations and emerging health IT trends. This is from the Becker's Healthcare Conference. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Tausite, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. All right. Hey, we're hiring, by the way. If you happen to um, know somebody who is a WordPress developer, designer, and also we combine that role with a system administrator for This Week Health, we are actually a cloud-based organization, as you would imagine, and we're using a lot of cloud-based tools, and we are hiring somebody who can administer those tools and help us with our WordPress stuff. So just thought I'd throw, throw that out there. But if you know of somebody, even, you know, recent college graduate or whatever, we are open. So, all right, Beckers, here's an article. They had their conference just a week and a half ago or so. This is um, from their beckershospitalreview.com website. Laura Deirdre reporting and she talked to people, hosted some panel discussions and whatnot. And here are her top 10 takeaways from the event. I'll probably cover five today and five tomorrow. It's a pretty meaty article, if you will. So top 10 takeaways. Number one, healthcare dollars are precious and digital technology spending is heavily scrutinized, but health systems are still investing in technology, aligning with core business strategy in areas such as staffing, patient experience, revenue cycle, cybersecurity, and clinician burnout. Top executives are willing to consider technology with meaningful and metrics-driven return on investment, especially as they plan for more value-based and consumer-driven care in the future. This is great statement. Absolutely, this is what's going on. We're hearing this on the show and the interviews that we are doing as well. Clearly, you know that the dollars are precious and they're hard to come by. Digital technology spending is being scrutinized and it's really being looked at from a return standpoint. And the returns are not as friendly as they used to be. It used to be, we'd say, hey, get us a three-year return. And I think more and more this, the scrutiny is how quickly can you get a return on that investment? And is it delivering on the core problems and challenges that we do have? You know, burnout, staffing patient experience, cybersecurity, so forth and so on. So again, great first statement there. Number two, many health systems are still in the process of finding the right mix of in-person and virtual care, but patients overwhelmingly want telehealth options. While payers may lower telehealth reimbursement, health systems are still focused on building out virtual and hospital at home programs to bridge access to care gaps and deliver convenient care. The financials around virtual care remain difficult and likely won't get easier until health systems are operating with primarily value-based contracts. Agree, the, the, the financial models that underpin this need to change. You either need to 
get the value-based contracts, you need to get that first dollar in insurance money. And if you're not, it's always going to be a battle to get the money. But this is the transitioning, transitioning the, the care model, right? So what we're looking at is how to keep people out of the ED, most expensive form of delivering care, and keeping them in the home, the most preferred method of care by the patients, and and everything in between. It, the question becomes the acuity level at home that you're going to be able to deliver. And as the acuity level goes up, the cost goes up, and the complexity of the tech, technical environment goes up. I think foundationally, we are looking at, yeah, I mean, telehealth at this point should be really directly integrated into the EHR as much as possible. Not integrated to the point that it is a part of the EHR, but integrated to the point where you can schedule appointments, pull up those appointments, they happen right there for the clinician. It's right in there in the clinician's workflow. And the messaging system is through the portal and whatnot. So we have tight integration between those two systems. The uh, EHR being the foundational element for recording the transactions and monitoring the care and quite frankly collecting all the the data points that we're generating out of the home so very interesting statement as well agree wholeheartedly i'm not going to disagree with any of these statements i doubt i would be shocked if i do because these are coming straight from uh, the panel discussions and the interviews almost all health systems are having trouble recruiting and retaining it talent man i just got off the phone about five minutes ago with uh, CISO, and he brought this up as the number one issue that he wanted to talk about. So clearly recruiting and retaining IT talent and cybersecurity talent in particular is very challenging. Some health systems are partnering with recruiting firms while others are finding creative ways to promote from within. In some cases, CIOs and CISOs are identifying individuals working in the help desk, nursing departments, and other areas with the aptitude to learn the technical skills needed to support the hospital's IT team. I I like the creativity here. Clearly, we need to find additional talent. I'm also concerned about the lack of talent, especially in a key area like cybersecurity. You can get by with training people up for certain jobs within the uh, cyber team, within the IT team. But at some point, you need, if you're going to have a a bevy of low-level people that you're training into roles. You're going to need some really good architects, some designers, uh, people who really can look at the whole system, put them in place, and make sure that an awful lot of the work is systemic, right? It's coming out of the intelligence of somebody who really understands security holistically rather than individuals. Um you know, I am a firm believer in the NASA model instead of the, you know, the superhero model, meaning teams solve problems. But if we are just bringing a lot of new people in to these highly complex roles, and it's not that their security analyst isn't necessarily a complex role, but cybersecurity across a health system is a complex mechanism to put in place and to understand And so that needs to be done by somebody with a significant amount of experience. If you're having trouble finding those roles, that's that's the role that you're going to spend a little extra money on. Make sure you have the right person in those roles. And then that enables the rest of these recruiting models. Patient experience has become a priority. Has it really has it? I'm sorry. 
this is cynical. I'm at the end of the day here. I hope it has, and I, I believe it has. I've I've been talking to a lot of CIOs that they are, are talking about it. And it's funny because the sentence goes on. Patient experience has become a priority, if not the top priority of the CIOs and chief digital officers to compete with disruptors like Amazon, Walmart, that have a great reputation for customer satisfaction. The good news is that message is getting out there. We have a new set of competitors. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves with the health system across the street. We should be comparing ourselves with what's coming around the corner and preparing for those things. I have a feeling you know, the panels and the people that they're talking to are probably from the larger health systems. And those are health systems with budgets. And especially if they have a chief digital officer, they're probably some of the larger health systems. The smaller health systems are going to be reliant on partners and vendors that are going to be able to build this out for them, right? And hook it in and not increase the complexity all that much. I had a conversation today with a a rural healthcare CIO, and they don't have the luxury of going out and buying 50 tools to try to get something to work. They they are looking for vendors who are going to knit together things in partnership with the EMR provider that they have to create that platform for digital engagement with the consumers. I believe this is a priority. I hope it's not just lip service. I hope we are really making it a priority. I still continue to have conversations. I live in Florida, so as you would imagine, I live around a lot of people that are taking advantage of healthcare and healthcare services, and they know I'm in healthcare, and they tell me their stories. And we still have some challenges with regard to our patient experience. I, I think we may need to greenfield this and think about it in a new digital world instead of still trying to do it with trying to retrofit our old systems, our old processes, our old paper processes into this new world. Sometimes it's just better to to make babies than it is to try to raise people from the dead. Pardon that analogy, but that is one of the things that somebody once said to me. It's easier to go greenfield and start anew than it is sometimes to drag along all the legacy that you have. So that patient experience, sometimes it's better to start over. That's what I'm saying. Number five, and the closing one for today, a big opportunity for disruptors, including Amazon, Optum, Walmart, and CVS Health would be, could be Medicare Advantage. Absolutely is. That's exactly where they're going. Uh, There remains big opportunities in spending with Medicare Advantage programs and M&A plans would be significant addition to any company's healthcare portfolio. Yeah, they've known this for a while and they're going after it. At least Optum is. CVS is, Walmart probably, I think Walmart is too. I think we've done a story on that and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Amazon's heading in that direction. Yeah, Medicare Advantage is, is profitable. It's a way for them to go after that space. Plus, don't forget that population. The baby boom generation is has changed the economics of our country from the minute they got in until the minute they leave. They're going to change the economics of our country. And when they do leave, they're going to change the economics once again, because it's going to really create a fair amount of upheaval when they finally go all the way through the system. All right. Hey, these are good. These are good observations. I like these. I was a little critical of a story yesterday in Becker's, so it's good to be reminded they do great work over there. And I love this article. We're going to cover the next five tomorrow and look forward to sharing that with you. That, But that's all for today. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, 
You get the picture. We are everywhere. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Taucite, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.